0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of Nerds Drink Whiskey. This is these are our uh, Christmas uh, holiday episodes, uh, and uh, but let me be clear: uh, if you want to in the comments uh, talk about which parts of the holiday season you celebrate, uh, feel free. Uh, we I know you know Krampus Day just passed. Uh, we have a couple people uh, on the cast that uh, celebrate Krampus. I have my Krampus shirt on. Uh, you know Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Uh, Thanksgiving, Halloween, uh, New Year's, there, there's, there's a reason why we say Happy Holidays, and that's just because it's basically a time management, uh, and and going through the huge list is just ridiculous. So, uh, Krampus came not to reward, but to punish. Anyways, Happy Holidays to you, Merry Christmas uh, to those who celebrate that, and this episode is going to be... Uh, due to occasionally, it's probably about 1% of the people watching and listening, but every once in a while we get somebody who tries to call us on our mantra, which is always sip, never slam, and the uh, I think, Jeff, you made a really great uh, B. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: if you turn that around, yeah, it's uh, sip your whiskey, slam your water.
0: Yeah, yeah, sip your, sip your whiskey, slam your water, and we're going to actually demonstrate that. So, uh, Gabe... Uh, you are the, the expert on this, so uh, we're going to have you, just to, just to be clear, just for clarity, let's start it out with Gabe. He's got a shot glass of water, because we only slam our water. Gabe, slam that water in three, two, one.
2: Slam time. Oh, slam time. There.
0: That's a slam. How many? How long did you hold that in your mouth? Man, eh, not even half a second. Not even half a second. That's how you slam. That is not a sip. So a sip can be a tiny sip. You know, hey, you got the flu. You're gonna puke. Uh, tiny sips. Tiny sips. That that that's how you sip. So you're sipping your Gatorade because you're dehydrated. You just do little tiny sips so you don't upset your tummy. Okay, that's a sip. It's a tiny sip, but you can also have a a larger sip and it's still a sip. And it's also about holding it in your mouth and experiencing it. You got, so when you, when you, when we review whiskey, there's three elements that we try and focus on this show. That is the, the initial taste when it hits your tongue, the mouth feel, when you hold it in your mouth, what, what, how does it feel? And then the finish when you swallow how does it feel going down? Is it a nice warm feeling, it's like oh that nice warm feeling of good whiskey, or is it a burn? And and you know if you if you have to slam slam the cheap whiskey, don't slam the good whiskey. So uh, this is a, a ten year rye uh, whistle pig, and uh, we're going to review it later. But for now, we're all just going to show the uh, proper the proper, uh, proper sip, and, and it's, it's, it's maybe a large sip, but in our definition, it's still a sip. So uh, in the comments, uh, what we'd like is a ton of comments about what you consider a sip, because for us, when we say always sip, never slam, what we mean is don't do what Gabe just did with his water. Don't slam it. Don't sit there and 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 you don't want it to touch your tongue because it's crap whiskey so you just have it go down your throat as as quick as possible i don't know so uh while i sip my whiskey why don't you guys uh describe what what you what you think a sip means and what you think a slam means
1: so i always feel it's it's a just an easy concise way of saying make sure you enjoy and taste your whiskey the point of it is to experience it not to just get shit. you've got to
2: censor television you fools
1: Or I can't say that. Never mind. (laughs) You're going to get bleeped out now. Yep. Yep. Sorry, Mark. You have to edit that. Um, So, yeah, if you're treating it as drunk drunk juice, then...
0: uh, So you're going to have
1: to put some blur in there as well. Um, Yeah. So, uh, plus, I found you have to take at least enough in there that if if you take a too small of a sip... uh, I kind of choke on it. Like it just goes in the wrong places. Without you need enough liquid in there to actually have your muscles work correctly. If it's you, too small, it you also work. don't
0: experience it. You also yeah. don't get that mouthfeel. You don't get the real taste of it.
1: Okay. Honestly, uh, I
0: I really think that that is a very true statement. Um, when it comes down to it, a sip can be the smallest little smidge in your mouth, enough to just kind of let it taste the tip, like let it touch the tip of your tongue and kind of give it that feeling. Or it could be, you know, a healthy pour of almost half the glass if that's what you really want, but you're not slamming your whiskey. You're sitting there taking the time to sit there and enjoy what you're tasting, enjoying the flavors, trying to pick out certain notes, if you will, Um, You know, instead of actually just letting it go right down your throat. And getting rid of it immediately, slamming it is a waste of time. I agree entirely that you just need to slam your water, sip your whiskey, and enjoy yourself. Kevin, <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, for those of you don't know, this is Kevin Saint. Uh, Hello. Uh, whoops. This is uh, this is Kevin Saint. Uh, he is. Uh, he. W- There's a few episodes ago where he was doing a cooking podcast. What was it called? Uh,
2: uh, the cooking po- uh the cooking show was uh, cooking you might want to eat your mic a little bit closer oh, get, get closer to your get mic up on it. yeah uh, the cooking show was called cooking Incomplicated.
0: complicated yeah and and so now he's got uh fuel your fandom uh, mm-hmm. which is just audio and uh, but uh, why don't you uh first say uh, introduce yourself by saying what fuel your fandom is about okay. and then what do you think uh when when you hear the word sip and what you hear what you when you hear the word slam okay
2: Uh, Well, just real briefly, uh, like Mark said, uh, I run a podcast called Feel Your Fandom. The idea behind Feel Your Fandom is that, uh, and and I have a tagline too, a a saying that I use with my show is, is, uh, everything is fandom and fandom is everything. Because fandom is what brings and makes all of us passionate about the things that we're passionate about, whiskey or Star Wars or whatever it is we're fans of that and that's our fandom that's how we get passionate so i started a podcast um we talk about a range of issues in the fan community um you can find us on facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom or you can go to anchor fm and uh, find us on anchor fm at fuel your fandom
0: so uh, or or you can uh you can just go into the show notes here and there'll be direct links um, and I, I wanted to point out this, this is how wide the word fandom is is uh I don't know if you guys have been watching the Jeff Goldblum uh series on Disney Plus I haven't Plus. Got to yet I've been it is to so It is so Jeff Goldblum I think they basically said uh called his agent and said hey uh, I think <laughs> we're just going to throw Jeff a bunch of money and just let him do whatever he wants and it's it's so bizarrely Jeff Goldblum, but he basically does That's these such little high
2: praise. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's uh, like he will take on subjects. that You're like, yeah, I really don't care about that subject, but you watch it and, and it's very intriguing because it's Jeff Goldblum, but he took on the subject of tennis shoes. Tennis shoes are something you wear on your feet. They're just not something I'm excited about. But did we, I don't know about how you guys, but uh, I think you're all younger than I am. But uh, when I was growing up, if you would have told me like in the future, there will be entire conventions, and and it'll be a multi-million-dollar industry of collecting and trading and 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 totally, you know, researching tennis shoes. I would have been like, "You're ridiculous. Go away, funny man." Um, <laughs> there's just no way. I could not wrap my head around that idea. But there is. It's sneaker it's heads this huge sneakerheads. It's a huge fandom of sneakerheads. So anything can be a fandom. I don't care what it is uh and but i chose it, that it, name strategically yeah. because of that yeah because
2: while my conversations were all very nerdy star trek star wars marvel comics things like that uh, there's things that everybody is passionate about that might necessarily not fall into that category that i can still talk to them about because fandom truly is everything
3: and what's funny is the spectrum of fandom is easy it- Yeah.
2: Well,
0: uh, you look, uh, we chose whiskey. We could have done bourbon. I'm more of a bourbon fan myself. But uh, uh, we chose whiskey because it is very uh, wide and it is endless. And, uh, you know, we say nerds drink whiskey. And a lot of people think that that's a, a, a... I don't know if misnomer would be the proper uh, term, but but the reality is, is, if you want to look at the proper nomenclature of nerds, geeks, whatever, uh, geeks is your Star Wars, your Marvel, your comic books, things like that, whereas nerd is a fandom. Nerds is you are so passionate about that subject that you're kind of an expert at it and sometimes more of an expert than the people who went to school for it. So we are passionate fans of whiskey and so all of our expertise comes from just being part of that fandom uh we've never went to school for it we aren't properly taught whatever that means we're not actual distillers uh you know it, it, so it's all just because of fandom so this is this is our fandom so it's nerds drink whiskey not geeks drink whiskey and by the way uh i think it was uh i can't remember the comic book that said this so clearly but they debated nerd, the term nerd versus the term geek, and uh, then they, at the end of it, they said, "And what is the proper nomenclature for those that care about the difference?" And uh, well, that would be dweeb. So, uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, uh, what uh, what what is your what it, for you to you what is the difference between a slam and a sip?
2: I think uh, just like everyone else said, a sip is kind of whatever you take into your mouth at one given time, slowly. I think uh, and a lot of I think the slam, I don't want to call it a culture, the slam thing is heavily but romanticized
0: you're, you're from your mic. Again. I know,
2: but if I get right up on it, it's gonna look dirty. <coughs> um, I'm in a metal band and, too. And improve I our eat the views. Mic a lot. <laughs> well, but uh, I think there's a lot of romantic romanticizing of the slam culture. You see things in old Western movies. they belly up to the bar, flip a coin onto the bar. Take the shot, pound it, and and that's really, and it's like you said, it's because that's censored, censored, bleep, 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 bleep me out. It's because that stuff is stop creating
0: more work for me.
2: (laughs) It's because it's rot gut. It's it's they don't care what they really there's no quality control. It's all just whatever someone yeah, distilled big, in their
1: backyard. One step above moonshine.
2: Well, right, and, oh. and maybe barely that. Make you go blind. Yeah.
0: I, I think the uh the whiskey nerds we, we call that drunk juice. Yeah, right. it's basically yeah. it's there just to get drunk. It's not really it, it it's barely uh you can barely even tag, it's not really honorable to call it whiskey. So we <laughs> just call it we just call it drunk juice.
2: And and I've had some fun with some drunk juice over the years, I I tell you, but when it's something worth drinking, it's worth savoring. And that's the difference
1: between a sip and a slam. So I'm going to sip this now. Are we talking about and this uh, on this episode?
0: Uh, we're not talking about this yet. We're reviewing that next episode. So, okay. uh, but in closing, uh, basically to me, if you're not happening, if you're not needing to do chipmunk cheeks, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, you're, you it's a sip. You know, uh, if you have to, you know, hold it to hold it in. It takes some effort to not bulge out your cheeks. Uh, to me, that's still a sip. If you're having to bulge your cheeks out in any way to to hold it, yeah, that's not a sip. So uh, there is a tiny sip there uh, that you do when you're drinking liquids, and you know when you're getting over a flu. And then there is a, a a good healthy sip uh, that you do when you're sipping whiskey. So that way you have enough in there to to fully experience the mouth feel, fully experience the taste, and fully experience the finish to experience those things you do need a certain level certain amount of liquid in and that's what we mean when we say always sip never slam and uh if if all goes well uh this will now be followed up with a uh a sample of uh this guy's podcast uh with some visuals that we're going to add later but uh yeah so uh fuel your fandom check it out support kevin and uh See you next time with another episode of nerds Drink whiskey and now for a sample of the fuel your fandom podcast since it's just an audio podcast, I'm gonna show you my favorite baby Yoda memes while you listen. Enjoy
2: Today is a conversation that I've waited years and years and years to have and I'm super super excited to be here with him. Uh, this is a uh, we're gonna talk about video games and, and and in specific video games but but more detailed into. Retro video gaming, retro video gaming culture, things of that nature. And uh, joining me today is a very, very good friend of mine who's been a friend of mine for more years than I can count. Um, His name is Jim. I want to welcome you to the show, Jim.
3: Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I'm happy as a clam to be here.
2: Well, I'm happy as a clam that you are here. So uh, this is one of the first episodes that we're recording remotely Uh, myself being in the lovely state of Washington. And Jim, where are you at? Uh, I am in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, so about as far away as you could possibly get and still be in the continental United States. Yes, it's quite a hike. uh, Yeah,
3: it's it's, it's practically Canada.
2: (laughs) What I usually like to do with my guests uh, before we sit down and get deep into it is I just kind of throw it to you and you kind of explain... Uh, a little bit about what you're nerdy about it doesn't have to be on topic just kind of what are you nerdy about what is your what's your passion what's your fandom Uh, and just kind of dig into your head a little bit do you mind?
3: Oh gosh, yeah, I'm I'm 90% nerd. I don't really have a whole lot of hard drive space left for anything else. Uh, You know, movies, (laughs) music. um, You know, uh, I've been a a professional writer for the last 20 years, so I'm a complete nerd about English and and uh, love to dig into uh, to grammar and just analyze words. Um, But uh, video gaming has been something that I have loved for a very very long time. I mean, I'm 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 quite old. First of all, I should establish that I uh, I turn 45 next year. So essentially, I picked a hobby that uh, I'm not gonna say matured because that wouldn't be accurate, but grew up at least right alongside of me the yeah, first I'm,
2: I'm, I'm 42, console I'm I can right remember there
3: with you. yeah the first console I can remember having wasn't even an atari twenty six hundred it was prior to that this was one of those things that um I don't remember the name of it. There were several uh, things that, that had a similar form and function, but it was a Pong deck that actually had the uh, the, the fader-style slider controls built right onto the console, and it was in black and white. So you hooked it up Magnavox. to your TV, and you could uh, move the paddles. Yeah. It Magnavox might have been, Odyssey. Um,
2: I think I have one.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I had a Magnavox Odyssey 2 at one point also. That was... Uh, something else that came up a couple years later, but, you know, and then I was enthralled as a kid, because as a kid, you know, you look at the TV, and you see, you know, that the actors and actresses and people on TV, and you you can't interact with them, you can yell at the TV, but they don't, they don't listen to you, (laughs) so as a kid, I was enthralled by, you mean I can make something on the TV move, I move this thing, and the thing on on the TV moves, it was just, it connected these synapses in my tiny developing brain that just really, that... uh, That gratification of being able to affect what's happening on the screen in front of me has never really gone away. So, of course, uh, it's an unwritten rule that kids have every toy their parents ever wanted. So my dad was super into Pac-Man. So we bought the uh, Atari 2600 and of course the awful, legendarily awful adaptation of Pac-Man that was on that console. I remember. And uh, you know, yeah, it was terrible. Although as a kid, I loved it. I didn't know any better. Um, I loved all of these supposedly terrible video game uh, adaptations that were on the... I loved uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark which was supposed to be awful. I loved E.T. which was, you know... Uh,
2: legendarily credited awful. Credited with
3: the crash of the industry. Yeah, all the uh, the landfill in uh, Almagroda, New Mexico. Um, so, but I, I just... I it wasn't about quality for me early on at least it was about the idea that i could you know pick up this this joystick or this controller this this whatever the interface was and make stuff move around on the tv that seemed like magic to me i'd never really gotten over it so as i got older you know i had uh uh, an NES and an SNES and the and, and Genesis, and I had friends that, that uh, we would trade games back and forth. And, and, of course, when you're in junior high, nobody was playing video games. They were playing Nintendo because it was the only game in town. And, you know, I, I actually had some very important life decisions to make at one point. I went to college and needed a game console. Uh, so at the time, I, I was reading, I think it must have been Electronic Gaming Monthly or something, one of the old um, journals of the industry. And they talked about how uh, the... Home versions of Mortal Kombat 2 or 3, I think. No, it was 3. Mortal Kombat 3. Would have been like 93, 94. Um, I made the decision to buy an SNES over uh, a PlayStation. Because I remember reading, because I I loved Mortal Kombat 3 in the arcades. I remember those. Um, When when there not only were malls, but also Aladdin's castles in those malls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I bought the uh, the SNES version because I remember reading it in, in a magazine article. It is the most pixel-perfect adaptation of this game because... Uh, they they contrasted it against the PlayStation version, and even though I never played Shang Tsung as a character, they said if you play Shang Tsung on a disc-based system as opposed to a cartridge-based system, if you morph into another character, the game freezes for five or six seconds while it loads the data from the disc so that you can uh, transform into the other character. And I thought, well, that's going to mess up the momentum. You don't want that. So I, I made the decision to buy the SNES instead, and... And you know, it's just it's it's been a lifetime of those kinds of decisions. And I also was lucky enough to grow up in a town, um, a resort town in southeastern Wisconsin called Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And it had an arcade uh, called Gameland that sadly is not there anymore. But it was one of those wonderful places that that uh, smelled like popcorn and cotton candy, and they uh, they bought a whole bunch of cabinets. Way back in the day, and they they, they start. I mean, they had uh, an original uh, Star Wars vector cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, some pinball machines. They had an original Galaxian, an original Jungle Hunt. Um, you know, they had-
0: that was just a short sample of the Fuel Your Fandom podcast. If you like what you heard, click the links in our show notes to subscribe.